it's Labor Day weekend. Come on, somebody say, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, no school tomorrow, no work tomorrow. Some of y'all got to work, right? I mean, somebody's got to make the world happen, even on a day off for a lot of us. Uh, but man, it's, it's a great weekend to be here. I know that there's a lot of uh, people on our launch team, people that have been a part of what we're doing that couldn't make it today because they're, man, maybe they're at, well, on a family trip, maybe they had a prior engagement, but I'm glad that you're here. Uh, we're in this series called One Small Step. And last week, we, we started with this idea that we've got to have the right heart as a church because if we can't start there, if we can't take that one small step toward uh, chasing after our relationship with God and doing that personally, but also on a level as, uh, on a corporate level as a church, like we've, we've got to be chasing after God because it's cool to have a great service and have lights and, and, and all the stuff. But at the end of the day, when people walk through our doors, the, the difference maker is not going to be the stuff or the setup or anything. It, it, sometimes it's not even going to be all that what's said from a microphone or what happens back there with the kids. Like a lot of times it's just the feeling that you have when you walk into place. Let's be honest, right? Like you walk into a restaurant and sometimes the vibe just catches you off a little bit, right? Sometimes you're just like, I don't know if I want to go back there. And like the food was all right and the service was okay, but like maybe there's just something about the atmosphere that we don't like or it doesn't click with us or where we're at or what we like. And so it's one of those things that we're trying to lay this foundation as a church that we can take a couple small steps and, and those small steps make a big difference. Like a lot of times we, we want the big steps and like that's what we chase after, right? Like we wanna be like galloping towards something, right? We wanna be taking those huge strides, but a lot of times it's that faithfulness that, that we've gotta be faithful to God and say, you know what, really it's, sometimes it's the baby steps and it takes us in the right direction and it gets us there a little slower, but sometimes it's, it's the process, right? Something that I'm just, I wanna preach constantly as a pastor is that God cares way more about what's happening in, in, in your life and in, in, in your mind and in your heart than he, all, and than he does about you getting to a certain place, maybe to a certain title, to a certain uh, degree in your life somewhere, right? Like he cares way more about what's going on here and in here than, than the place that you're standing sometimes, right? Like God wants to constantly work on us and make us better. And it, it's this thing that happens, but we've gotta be faithful enough to say, you know what, I'm okay with those small steps. I'm okay with seeing, okay, if I, if I take this small step in the right direction, if I take this small step in the right direction, like it can point me in the direction towards where I need to go, but it can get me there sometimes faster, sometimes better. And let's be honest, sometimes going a little slower isn't a bad thing, right? Sometimes taking those small steps is it's a little more sustainable for us in our lives and it makes us not have to jump out as far and be as crazy, but we can be faithful in small ways. And last week we talked about having this right heart, that it's, it's about that relationship. It's about seeking and chasing after God. And this week I, I want to talk about something that's just a little bit different, but it's also connected to where we're at as a church right now. Um, you're here today, and like I said, this is the beta version of what we're doing, right? This is our second service ever as a church. And so like I said, we're working out the kinks. We're figuring things out. Like this was the first time that we've come in and set everything up on a Sunday morning, and we're going to tear this stuff up after service and like take it all down and put it back in the truck. Like it's the first time. And so we're still getting some things figured out, but our goal is that by September 15th, our grand opening day, that we're gonna market, that we're gonna promote and push people to be here. Uh, we're, we're praying that by then, like we can get to version one and it's better than it was last week and it was better than it was today and better than it will be next Sunday. But by the time people walk in, they're just amazed. But it, today I wanna talk to you about this connection piece of this idea of evangelism in our life, this idea of, of being crazy enough and bold enough and audacious enough to 
live out our faith in a way that we're not afraid to talk about it or in a way that we're not afraid to invite somebody to church and, and see something happen with that. Um, it's, it's a small step. And a lot of us, it's, it's kind of scary. It's kind of audacious. It's, it's, it's a lot to take on. But I believe that God sees that and he sees our faithfulness and it's rewarding. I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. But I want to read to you passage of scripture, we've all heard this. If you've been to church, if you've grown up in church, like this is an old faithful. And honestly, it's a piece of, of what our church is all about. We're about helping people, moving people from where they are to where God wants them to be. Like that's movement church. That's what it all is in a nutshell, right? And so if you look at Matthew chapter 28 and start at verse uh, 19, it says, therefore go. Everybody say go. It's a great movement word, right? Like we're going, we're doing something. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Like this is, a, this is kind of like famous last words of Jesus, right? He's about to ascend into heaven. He's leaving the disciples with this nugget right here, like this challenge, and he's saying, go into the world. Like go, like do something. Don't just sit on the couch. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be lazy with it, but you've got to take action and get up and do something, and Go make disciples. And so this idea of making disciples is maybe something hard for us to wrap our minds around, but it's this idea that we're gonna go into the world, find people that don't know Jesus, we're gonna tell them about the love of Jesus, and then hopefully once they get to know Jesus, they're introduced to him, it's gonna change things in their lives. And my prayer is that not only we, we come to know Jesus, but then we start taking those small steps in our relationship with him. And like I said, we're pushing people to have that relationship. It's not religion. It's not just a bunch of these rules that we have and that we've got to follow. It's this relationship that we have with the God that loves us and cares so much about us. And we go into the world and we, we duplicate ourselves almost, right? Like we go meet people that, let's be honest, they, they're desperate. They're searching for something in their lives and we introduce them to Jesus, and let's be honest, they're chasing after so many things. They're trying to fill those gaps and those voids inside their lives with so many different things, going from relationship to relationship, going from substance to substance, going job to job. Like, they're trying to figure out why they're, why, like, why they're even here, why they have lung, like, breath in their lungs, why, why they even exist. And until people come to know the real reason that it's all about God, it's about our relationship with him, they're going to keep searching. And it's our job as Christ followers, it's our job as a church to say, you know what, we're going to be about other people moving, but it's kind of this first step that's kind of crazy. It's a little much sometimes because that means that maybe we've got to go talk to people. Maybe we have a conversation with someone that's going to steer them in the right direction or just give them that opportunity. And so today, I want to take this idea of evangelism and talking to people about church and inviting them or whatever, even if you're just going to flat out tell them everything you've got right there, you know, like to your waiter or waitress at a restaurant, to, to give you some tips and some ideas and walk you through this idea that there are a lot of people out there that are just lost. They have no direction in their life. Maybe they're trying to figure it out. They're desperate. Like I said, they're looking for it and they need some direction. They need some guidance and we can be that to them. We can be light in a dark place. In the places that we work and the places that we go shop and eat uh, to the neighbors that live right next door to us, like they need Jesus. And it's our goal to take Jesus out into the world and live our lives to where like we can actually like they believe that we follow God right like a lot of times it's the life that, that you're backing up with what you're saying and what you're talking about like it's kind of got to be there right like the evidence of a Christ-like mind and attitude and heart like it's got to be there a little bit but then we take this step further and we're we're bold enough to say something we're bold enough to have a conversation and I want to walk through the story uh, with Jesus because I think if, if anything, I, I want to see what Jesus does in a certain situation and I want to analyze it and I want to say that's how I want to do it. Because if Jesus was going to do it that way, then 
I probably should do it that way. And maybe today as we, we walk through this, maybe it's something that you can apply to your life and that maybe it's gonna change things. Maybe it's gonna push you out of your comfort zone a little bit and maybe you invite somebody to our grand opening and their life is changed forever. This morning, I, I wanna challenge all of us to just take that next one small step and be brave and be bold and be audacious and see something happen in the lives of the people that surround us. Amen? I'm gonna pray and we're gonna dive right in. Dear Jesus, I welcome you to this room and God, I pray that the words that I speak are from you. God, that, that, that it's not just something that I come up with, not something that sounds eloquent or tweetable, but God, it's something that you can use to change people's lives, God, to challenge us, to make us better and help us move from where we are to where you want us to be. We love you, Jesus, amen. I want to continue on, and in, in Luke chapter 19, you see this story, and today that's kind of our text. That's where we're going to be digging in and kind of walking through. This is the play-by-play, like we're going to see what Jesus does and, and how things play out. So if you've got your Bible, it's on the screen. Check this out. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Everybody say Zacchaeus. Good job. You guys are good. Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Pause. One day I hope to get to a place where people say Seth Wolverton, and then they're like, and he was wealthy, right? Like, that's kind of a nice thing, right? Um, he was chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, and when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he was go- he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Today, I want to give you this mathematic equation that I believe equals lost people being found, that that can change relationships in our lives, and we can take the influence that we have, no matter where we're at, we can introduce people to Jesus and see something happen. And I love this story because you've got Zacchaeus, right? And I'm just gonna break this down and, and reread a part of this. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, chief tax collector and was wealthy, and it says this, and the very key verse, check this out, verse three, he wanted to see who Jesus was. Can I tell you that there's a lot of people out there in our everyday life that want to see who Jesus is? Like they are literally waiting to see Jesus in their everyday life. And I hate to break it to you, but Jesus isn't just gonna come down from heaven riding on the whole, like the white horse with the cool robe on, with his hair slicked back, like, He's called us to go make disciples. So it's this call to action to go live out a life where people are waiting for Jesus and we can be Jesus in their life. It's a lot of pressure. But I think it's, it's this mentality and this mindset that we realize and come to know. It's that people are actually interested. Like I know it may not seem like it a lot. I may, like the people in your life, your neighbors, your coworkers, whatever, they might not seem like they want to know about church and about Jesus. But can I tell you that, like I said, they're out there and they're desperate and they're searching for something, right? Like there's emptiness right in here. And until they come to know Jesus, they're going to keep searching. Amen. They're interested. 
And I love reading this story about Zacchaeus because it doesn't just say he was interested, right? Like that could be enough and we could preach that and it's good. But what I like to see is that Zacchaeus was like so interested that he made himself look like a fool. Because we've always talked about Zacchaeus. He's a little guy, a wee little man, and right? Like we, we've talked about shorts. So what does he do? He runs ahead. It's me running, right? Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> he, he's running ahead. The crowd's coming, and he sees this sycamore fig tree. Today I've got a ladder, okay? Just use your imagination with me. Uh, we can act like this is a, a tree, right? Like we can do this. So he runs ahead, and he sees this tree, and he thinks, if I climb this tree, maybe I will see who Jesus is. So he climbs the tree. Hopefully this ladder doesn't fall and I make an idiot of myself. He climbs the tree. What does that say about Zacchaeus? He's so interested that like, he doesn't care about what his friends are gonna say, what the crowd's gonna say, what people are gonna say, and he's gonna do whatever it takes to see who Jesus is. He's heard rumors, he's heard stories, right? The people in your life, they've heard stories. They've probably grown up in church and maybe at some point they were pushed away from something that happened in their life, right? They're they're interested. They wanna see Jesus and they're crazy enough to climb something or to act a fool or maybe even walk through the doors of a church at some point because they wanna see Jesus. There's interest. It's there, it's real. And we've gotta stop thinking don't want to hear it. We've got to stop living this life of fear and just the light that we have in in a relationship with God and just trying to cover it up. I mean, following Jesus is completely countercultural. It's completely different. It's not the norm. But people need to know that you can be Jesus in their life. And I'm not saying you, you take their sins away. I'm not saying you died on the cross for them. But I'm saying that we've all been called to go out there and make disciples. And the way that that's going to happen is if we live out our life like Jesus has called us to live it out. And as a church, we, we've got to see the interest that people have. Because like I said, people are waiting. I guarantee that there's a neighbor, there's a friend There's somebody in your life that's literally just waiting and maybe they've even tried. They've climbed the tree. They've done something. They've sent that message. They've sent a text and maybe they're reaching out for something and we've got to kind of get our feelers out there and we've got to begin to realize and see that it's there. See, we often underestimate the world's interest in Jesus Christ. And I think it's time that we start kind of being hyperactive with this. We start thinking the opposite because if we think somebody doesn't want us to talk to them about it, they don't want us to invite them to church, they don't want us to have any conversation about it at all. Maybe we just be crazy enough to give it a shot. I guarantee that they're more interested than you think they are. And something could happen that changes their life forever because they get introduced to the Jesus Christ that died on the cross for them and took all of their sin and and he's been chasing after them forever. It's real. It's there. And we have an opportunity. We've just got to see the interest. We've got to know that it's there. And we read a story like this with Zacchaeus. And I know that Jesus is in this story. And that might say, oh, that's Jesus. He can do things on a different level than we can. But I guarantee anything that we see Jesus do, we can try to do that ourselves. And Jesus, he's just walking. Like, he's not even doing anything in this story, right? Like, he's just making his way downtown, right? And people are interested It's a challenge for us to live our lives to where people question why we do what we do 
It's a, it's a challenge for us to say, okay, how can I represent Christ in the, the words that I say and the decisions that I make? Like, let's be honest, in a world we live in, when you don't even say cuss words all the time, like every other sentence, like you're kind of abnormal. And that's not for us to like point up a finger at somebody else. They don't know Jesus. So we can't expect them to, to, to have that evidence of a Christ, a relationship with Christ, but we've got to have the evidence to back it up when it's our chance, when it's our opportunity, the life that we live, when people know us. And it's not about putting on this mask and this facade, but like I said, it's these small steps in our life that we're being faithful to God and we're saying, God, I, I want to live my life for you. I want to chase after you. I want to become the best version of me. And I promise you, God is so concerned with helping you become the best version of you, the best mom, the best dad, the best husband, the best wife, the best employee, the best business leader. Like God cares so much about helping you and creating you and crafting you because he created you to be a masterpiece. He created you to be something incredible. And every day, if we can just be bold enough to say, I'm taking that small step and I'm going to be Jesus in my workplace and I'm going to be Jesus in my family at the family reunion, right? Where they need Jesus. It can happen. It's real. And we can do something with it, but we've got to come to this realization that people are interested. Let's stop being afraid of our, our, our relationship with God. Let's stop being afraid of living our life the way we think we should. But then we're like, oh, I don't know if I should say that. It's going to be awkward. Let's dig past the awkwardness. Let's, like, if our one step is just going from, oh, it's awkward to like, I'm just going to do this anyway because I'm just going to do it. That's faithfulness. And God can take that one small step. And I promise you, you're going to see, you're going to see the results. Love this story. Zacchaeus is crazy enough to just make himself look like a fool because he is interested. Stop underestimating your friends, your relatives, your associates, your neighbors. Like, stop underestimating their interest. Number two, everybody say number two. Your invitation. And I want to say this too because a lot of us, it's pushing us just to say something. It's pushing us just to, to maybe invite somebody to church. But at the end of the day, there's nothing that I can say that you couldn't say and that you could lead somebody to Christ in the, at Walmart. And I don't want to be like the crutch kind of church that thinks, okay, just bring them to church and we'll get them saved. Like, that's kind of the idea. But at the end of the day, I want to empower our church and our people to know that you can do ministry in your life. You might be called to do something completely different. You might not be the bold person that likes to speak out a lot, but I can promise you and guarantee that God can use you. Like if you're just willing, he can use you in your life. And it doesn't have to be, I invited him to church and they came down to the altar call and they raised their hand and the goosebumps down their spine and they had a moment. Like it could be a moment at work where you're just having a conversation at the break table, right? Like it could be a conversation that, that you're talking to your waiter or waitress. Like this is something that I love to do is when we go out to eat, uh, sitting there and we're ordering food and I make sure I get to know their name. And as the food gets brought out, I, I like to ask my waiter, let's just say my waiter's name's Zach. I'm talking about Zacchaeus here. And I say, Zach, hey, we're, we're about to pray over our meal. Is there anything that we can pray specifically for you or for your family or anything, any kind of need? And it's amazing to see what happens because some people, it sparks something. Like they, they're Christian, this, that, and the other. And like, man, that's awesome. Some people are like really freaked out, right? But it's, it's one small step of obedience that I, I just love to live out. And it opens this door that, that, that maybe there's that interest there. Maybe they're, they're, they're searching for something. And one small conversation at the table while they're at work, like they just put their uniform on or their clothes on and they got there and they hate being at work because like let's be honest some of us don't really enjoy being at work right and they're just there serving the tables or doing whatever and cleaning things up like it's so cool to just pop up in their everyday normal life and say hey 
I don't know you, but I care enough about you to ask if there's something that I could pray for you for. And I've seen it just completely change the atmosphere of a restaurant, at least at our table, right? I mean, people are boozing up over here, and you got other stuff happening over here. But it's just cool to see what can happen in one interaction. And I don't want to be the pastor that just says, hey, bring him to church, and we'll get him saved. Like, we're going to work on that, and we want to be a church that helps people come to know Jesus. But it's also this idea that I want to push you guys to lead people to Christ. And we're, we're not going to succeed as a church if I'm the only one that's pointing people towards Jesus. It's got to be the heart of our church. It's got to be what we're all about. And we've got to love on some people. But I, I love this story in verse 5. It says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Now, this is a cool God thing because he knew his name, right? Um, <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, I wasn't there, so I couldn't tell you exactly what happened, but he knew his name. And this is what he said, I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, let's be honest. I'm the kind of person that when people invite themselves to my house, I'm a little like, mm, hold on a second, right? Like, I'm not that, that person. Like, if I want to invite you over to my house, I'll invite you over to my house, right? But at the end of the day, this is Jesus. So it kind of takes off all of the comfort. Like, Jesus is in this situation. If Jesus invited himself to your house, I'm pretty sure you'd be like running home as fast as you can. Like, mm, like you got the vacuum going, right? Like, is the bathroom clean? You know, like you're just worried about how clean it is, all this stuff. But Jesus invites himself. We see the invitation, and it's a little bit different than I think it will be in, in your life and in the situations you have and the conversations that you have. He says, I'm coming over to your house. And Zacchaeus, it says he welcomes him gladly. Now, we see this invitation. Jesus saying, hey, I'm going to come over to your place. But I think as a church and as we're trying to reach people, it's this idea that we can have an invitation that's, hey, in a week, we're having our grand opening of the church that we're helping start. And how cool would it be if you, got, you and your family came, there's going to be this and this and all this stuff, and we got a great kids ministry, and worship's awesome, and the preaching's eh, you know, and <laughs> you just invite somebody to our grand opening. And can I, I, I'm a big believer in having some fun stuff on a Sunday. Like, church is not going to be boring around here because I think it's, it's events that get people through the door. It gets them to show up. But then when they walk through the doors, like I said, the atmosphere, the presence of God is going to be here. And I'm praying that no matter what they've been, been going through, the struggles that they've been facing, they walk into a room and the worship's kicking on and they feel something begin to change in their minds and in their hearts. And then we get to get up here with the microphone and I get to do what I've been called to do and I get to tell people, about the love of God, it's going to change things in their lives. And a lot of times it's just because you had one conversation. A lot of times it's just because you said one thing or you sent one text message and it got them to come show up at church. I'm not saying steal them from this church or that church. I'm saying there's people out there that are interested, that don't have a church, they haven't been connected to church maybe ever or in a long time, and you have an opportunity just to give them an invite, a little nudge. You can say, hey, you can sit with me. Say what you've got to say to make it not awkward. And I, I love to say to people, it's, it's no pressure. Like, if you want to come, like, come. But if not, it's all good. But you keep asking them. And you keep following up with them. And I'm telling you, one invitation can change somebody's life forever. Because we're about to see something happen in this story that changes Zacchaeus' life forever. I've got some quick facts for you. I like facts. You guys like facts? Check this out. 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if invited. 
somewhat likely. That's a lot better than like not going to happen, right? 82%. That's a, that's a lot of people. Most people come to church because of a personal invitation. I mean, that's it. Like we're going to spend some money and we're going to market and we're going to get things on Facebook and we're going to be at different places trying to help people know that we're starting as a church and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's the personal invitation that's going to fill this room. It's the personal invitation that's going to see life change happen. And when we get that life change happening, we see people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. And I'm praying that God would attract people that have been hurt from church. I'm praying that God would attract people that have just been so, I'm not going to church. I'm not a church person. Like, man, the place is going to burn down if I show up, right? Like, I'm praying for those people to get a personal invitation and they walk through these doors and they're introduced to Jesus Christ and things begin to change in their life. 82% are likely to come. Seven out of 10 unchurched people have never been invited to church in their whole entire life. Seven out of 10. Now, I know that this is a statistic that's probably been, you know, all over the place. And I would say in Texas, like most people have been to church at some point. A lot of churches, a church on every corner. But seven out of 10 unchurched people, and even if it's five out of 10 or four out of 10, there are people out there that need Jesus. but a lot of times it's, it's kind of hard for us to look at. It's kind of a lot, a lot for us to take in because, man, we come to church and like I can get people pumped up about doing something, right? Like I love to be in a locker room with the football team and getting them pumped up about going out there and getting the win, the W, right? Like I, I love doing that stuff and God's given me a gift of passion and just like bleeds out for me, right? Like we're sitting at like restaurants with people telling them about the church and I just like, it's getting loud and I feel like Janae's kind of like, okay, great, calm down, right? Like don't have a heart attack right here. You're freaking people out or like just calm down a little bit. But it's just, it's, it's something that oozes out in me. But maybe for you, we're, trying, we're talking about reaching your friends and we're talking about having conversations and pushing you out of your comfort zone. And it's a lot. A lot like this extension cord right here. It's a lot of, a lot of knots going on right here. And let's be honest, like anybody else getting stressed out just looking at this thing? Like it stresses me out. Like there are better ways to put up a cord and to roll up a cord that don't involve this. Because... I look at this and I'm like, okay, there goes an hour of my life doing something that I hate doing, unrolling a cord, just so that I can use it for its purpose. And let's be honest, a lot of times we just try to use it anyway. Like we don't try to undo all the knots and we just, all right, where's the end? And then it's always like two or three feet short, right? So you're like pulling it as hard as you can and it's a mess. It's intimidating. It's scary. Like why would you want to touch this cord when it looks like this? It's almost like, let's get in the car. I'm gonna go buy a new cord. Like, let's just make this easy. Let's fix this problem. And let's be honest, a lot of us look at talking to our friends and our family and our associates and our neighbors about Jesus like this. And we come to church and we have this moment like getting them all pumped up. And like, maybe you're like right now, you're like, man, I could tell this person, I could tell this person. And you get excited because you're like, man, I know that I could tell this person or send this text message. And maybe they'll come to the grand opening and maybe it'll change their life forever. Like you're thinking through that, but then you're gonna walk out these doors and I promise you something's just gonna begin to start eating away at that confidence that you have right now. And it's gonna make you feel a little, bit, a little less brave and a little less like you could do this. And you get home and you're like, I tell the whole world about Jesus. There's a lot of people out there that are desperate and they're searching for something. And a lot of us take on this responsibility that we've got to go save the entire world. And we think, I can't do this. I've got 
this coworker, and I've got my neighbor, and I've got my cousin that needs church really bad, and they need Jesus. What am I supposed to do? Like, it's a lot. Can I tell you that a lot of times it's, it's the small step? And if you've ever been brave enough to take on a cord like this, you know you just you find the end. to be the whole world. Like, you don't got to go burn the whole world down with Jesus and throwing invite cards and throwing your Bible at people, right? Like, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be anything like, oh my gosh, they're weird, right? But what it is, is it's the one small step that we can be faithful to God and say, you know what? I know this looks like a lot. I know it looks like more than I can handle or I can take on in my life. my friend I can invite them to church I can tell them about Jesus you get that not undone and then you go on to the next one and I guarantee you as time goes on and the cool thing is is as you do this you get some more people with you right because maybe they're coming to church and they're getting excited about reaching their friends And then it's a team effort, right? Like, I'm not taking on the world all by myself. Like, we've got our church, and we're all getting excited about reaching our friends. We're all getting excited about telling our relatives about what's happening here at Movement Church and what God has done in your life. And you can begin to use your personal story to see people's lives changed. And maybe they walk through the doors. And I'm telling you, it's, it's so much fun. Because when you see your friends walk up, you get like little, really excited, and maybe your heart starts beating a little bit, but you know like, man, this could change their life forever. And they walk through the doors and it's even better when they get in here. It's even better when they, they see what's happening in this church and they get to meet a few people and they, get, they start getting connected a little bit and the cherry on top. Maybe they walk down to the front and they're bold enough and they're crazy enough. And maybe there's this altar call. Maybe it's they raise their hand in their seat. Maybe you have a conversation with them at lunch after church and you see things begin to change and maybe they're taking a small step in their life towards Jesus Christ. And it gets me excited looking at a room full of people. Foolish. And if we all had this heart and this this mindset that we're gonna go tell this world about Jesus, that we're not gonna stop at anything, that if we just go one knot at a time, we can take it down. And we can see workplaces change. We can, we can see our family, the atmosphere of Christmas. Like, let's be honest, we need Jesus at Christmas. I've been preaching to students for the last decade. I'm trying to get them pumped up and excited about reaching their schools. And it's a thing where we can be light in a dark place. And as we become light and our friends become light, it begins to illuminate a dark place. often undervalue the influence we have. We often think, man, I'm just going to make things awkward. It's going to be weird. It's going to change our relationship. Can I tell you that it's worth it? I love, I love this story because it, it's got a happy ending. The last thing we see is this initiation. We think of initiation, we think of somebody like rushing a fraternity or something or you know, they're trying to become a part of something. 
but I've got the definition right here for you. The action of beginning something new. And we see Zacchaeus, the wee little guy, and he runs ahead of the crowd and he climbs the tree and Jesus invites himself over to his house and so they go to his house and we see something shift and change in his heart in just an instance. It says, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Haters gonna hate, right? People are gonna say stuff. Like if you're gonna be a Christian, you gotta have some tough skin and be, just, just be ready for it. It says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and I, if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And this is the closer, this is it. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. If that's what Jesus came to do, if that's what Jesus literally put skin on his body and he came and he was born to a virgin, if that's what he came here to do, probably a good idea if we say, you know what, that's what I need to be about. That, that's that's what, I, what I need to be pushed toward in my life. And when we make our life about that, when we take that one small step towards that, I promise you, you're going to see this ripple effect in the relationships in your life. And it's going to be this life change people are introduced to Jesus for the very first time. Maybe it's at a restaurant, maybe it's here at this church. But we see people initiated. They start something new in their relationship. They are made new. Just like Zacchaeus. But we've got to take their interest. We've got to add our invitation. And I believe it can equal out to be this initiation of people coming to know God and moving from where they are to where God wants them to be. It's going to change everything. I've got one last challenge and one last push. At the beginning, I, I read you the scripture. It's the Great Commission. It says, therefore, go and make disciples. Like we talked about that. It's this heart that we've got to have. It's like famous last words of Jesus. But can I tell you that We can't be great commission people if we're not great command, commandment people. And what I mean by that is if, if you read in scripture, Jesus says, he's asked, what's the greatest commandment? Like, what should I do? Like, what's the most important thing? And Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. I love that Jesus just kind of sums up like what we're called to do, what we're called to be. But if we can't be great commandment people, if we can't live out this idea that we're gonna go out there and love, because that's what this whole idea is. It's not just saying, I'm gonna go after it, I'm gonna burn this world down for Jesus and pack out the church and you know get all these like little stickers or buttons for all the people that I've gotten saved. Like That's not what it is. But it's this idea that you love people so much, you love them like Jesus loved them, that you don't want them to spend eternity separated from the God that created them, the God that loves them so much, that we've gotta be challenged and pushed and like, 
man, we're getting people out there saying we've got to tell people about Jesus. We've got to be passionate about living out our faith and people see us in the way that we live and the decisions that we make and the words that we speak and it's something different than this world. It's different than this culture has taught us to grow up and taught us to be and people are just curious and their interests can meet our invitation and something can happen. This ripple effect begins to take place. 1994, my family moved from Cleburne, Texas, yeehaw, to Waxahachie, Texas. And my dad started a new job at a radio station there, and he's still, he's still there doing the morning show, having a good time. And in 1994, I was two years old. Yikes, sorry, just, I'm young. What happens, right? And some of you are like, man, he's old, right? Uh, it, just, it goes both ways, right? I'm two years old. And we, we didn't go to church. It just wasn't something that my family had done. It's not something my parents had done. And it's nothing against them. They, they didn't know. They maybe hadn't been invited. And my dad started this new job. And his coworker, Ken Roberts, invited him to their church. And I can only imagine maybe it was a couple times where there was, yeah, maybe next time, you know. But there was that invitation. And at some level where there was some interest attached to that and at some point my mom and dad grabbed me and my older brother and we went to church and we never left it's an invitation it's the interest and you never know what that ripple effect is going to look like you never know what it's going to become because I can tell you we wouldn't be in this room right now wasn't for an invitation. I've been in ministry for the last decade. I've seen hundreds of students come to know God. Life transformation, movement. My brother, he's pastoring a church in San Francisco, one of the hardest cities to reach, one of the most unchurched cities in America. And I I think about that invitation. But I guarantee you in that moment, back in 1994, Ken Roberts had no idea that what, what an invitation would mean to the body of Christ. What an invitation would mean at, at the end of it all. And I, I can only imagine in a moment like this that I get to stand up here and with a microphone and I get to tell my story and I think of all the other stories that are about to take place. I think about all the other stuff that's about to happen because this church is gonna get excited and passionate about being the hands and feet of Jesus. But can I tell you that the why behind the what isn't we're gonna get people saved and grow this church. It's gonna be we love people like Jesus and we're great commandment people before we're great commission people. You can't be the, the hands and feet of Jesus until you have the heart of Jesus. And I'm praying that this as a church, we can take one small step towards this idea that it's about other people. It's about reaching this world. It's doing what God has called us to do, but really it's taking this love into the world and you see people out there making mistakes and living lives like they want to. They have no idea, but when we introduce them to Jesus Christ, it's that ripple effect. And I'm praying that this morning we can see that ripple effect begin to just... Stories. The interest and the invitation 
people are joining, not just our church, but the church, the body of Christ.